All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Dylan Grouse. Alongside me, as always, the weekly wonders of the, of the world. We got Chris Jackson talking sports with us. Today, we got a good show. We're going to go back into more high school football teams that we believe are going to have a strong season in 2022, as well as kind of talk about at the very end of the show, which top 10 college teams we believe is just going to have the best year. Now, Chris, we have a little bit of a breaking news situation that happened yesterday. Bay Area beloved athlete Marshawn Marshawn has been arrested in Vegas last or I think it was either yesterday or two days ago. He got arrested for DUI in Vegas, home of his former team, the Raiders. Chris, what do you make of that? Marshawn, Marshawn, the man who Oakland loves. They love him, man. They love that guy. He's been arrested for doing something dumb. If you saw his mugshot, it was pretty hilarious. You could definitely tell he was in a compromising situation. What do you make of the situation for the Oakland star? I think the first thing is it's pretty easy to not drink and drive, right? It's pretty easy, yeah. You think Henry Ruggs last year would be the captain? There's there's taxis, there's lifts. You know, and if you know you're going out and going to drink, maybe just leave your car keys somewhere else. That's what I always do when I go out. I always just kind of leave my car keys at home and I Uber somewhere or somebody else gives me a ride, but those car keys are nowhere inside or even in the same vicinity as me. So I can't even think about it, but I mean, I don't know what his night consisted of what happened, but it's definitely not difficult at all to get an Uber or a Lyft or a taxi. And I know you're Marshall Williams. I know. Oh yeah. I was finding one of those though. Mr. Lynch. He finally, uh, finally caught up to him all the, uh, all the skittles and the stuff that he's been doing on his career, but you know that was just a little, uh, a little fun breaking news segment. Let's get into the show though. Let's talk about some teams that we have on here. You know, you said you're going to Monta Vista today. Let's start with them. How do you think their 2022 season is going to go? I'm always personally me. I'm always high on them. My brother, my stepbrother was there you know he's seen the team he knows how good of a team they are they obviously are the home of Zach Ertz he went to school there and played on their football team in high school so I'm always high on them I always believe because they're Monta Vista the name that they are it's the name brand school I believe that they're going to have a pretty solid season but I don't know Chris what do you make of this 2022 for this 2022 Monta Vista team I like them a lot. I know they lost a great senior class. He lost a quarterback like Dylan Devitt, who was just another one of the great quarterbacks on one of this. It's just goes on and on there, right? They've had Kyle Wright, Jay Kaner's now just going crazy at Fresno State. They've had Jack Stewartson. I mean, I know I'm not rattling off all the names possible, but you lose Dylan Devitt, you lose Jack Endries, the Cal, you lose Cole Bosha. He's got Colorado now, the receiver, tight end. Rocco Sram was a great two-way player. He's at Colorado State where his father played. He was actually an All-American lacrosse player, too. Was going to go play D1 lacrosse, gave that up, pursued his football dreams. But I know they did lose that really good senior class. That's tough to replicate. But I love the head coaching hire of Johnny Millard. He won two straight titles at Footholes and assisting. He's a culture builder. That's just the thing he is. I think it's perfect for Montevista. He's already fitting right in there. I know numbers are going up again at Montevist, so they've had a couple younger kids also move into Montevist, which is definitely a great sign. You know, the community's definitely rallying around that, and I love 
the pieces they've got. I think they've got another young quarterback coming up in the 2024 class. That junior Mateo Congdon's got a really strong arm. I love what he's going to ask about him. Exactly. Yeah. I think he's just, I think he's going to be that next model. And he's a winner. So he made some winning plays with his JV starter last year, overtime wins, everything else. You can't teach that at factory. You can't just teach that winning quality. And he's one of those quarterbacks that I think is really going to burst onto the How do you think Congdon is going to do though, compared to, Devitt, you said that Devitt was a big loss. If Congdon's a junior, like he's a junior going into a team that culturally they just won every year, pretty much. They've always been a top uh, uh, contending school. How is a junior like Congdon, who hasn't really played at the varsity at the varsity height, he's going to start right as a junior? How does he compare to to Devitt and what Devitt could do as a varsity quarterback? How does Congdon like? How would you say he's gonna fit, fit into that team? I think he'll do really well. Dylan Devitt was a great pocket guy, had a good arm, tall, everything else. He had twenty five touchdowns and seven picks last year, That's but it was never quite easy for him. I know he had the talent, but his first year as a starter was he had that weird COVID off season. Then he had that spring year. He did get reps with the Cal Strength Club football team, where there's only so much you could do with that. It was running clock, all that, so it wasn't as many reps. Sure, it was game reps. That was great, but it was a weird offseason. The next offseason going into his senior year was three months. The thing working for Mateo is he's got a full offseason to get ready to be a varsity starter, and it's a normal offseason, right? There's not these COVID restrictions. You're not relegated to just having these weird, I guess, I know some teams used to have it, like no football live practices reps where you're replicating the routes in the throws, but you can't actually touch a football. Mateo's had he's looking in seven on sevens. He's looking good at practices, camps, everything I've seen and heard. I think he's I think he can do kind of what Dylan Devitt did there. Not I mean, I know that's a lot yeah. to live up to. I know that's not an easy feat by any stretch. So I don't want to put that pressure on the kid, but I don't I don't see any reason why Mateo can't win big amount of this and make them a contender in that league again. Now, are you high on schools that have a junior or for, or I should say not, not a junior necessarily, but a first time starting quarterback who's or a starter, like especially a quarterback, I'd say, because that's the most position or important po- po- position on the field. But would you say, are you high on teams that have juniors coming in for the first time on varsity expected to start? Like, are you high on teams like that? Or do you expect teams like that to struggle a little bit? You know, I think they'll be, just fine. I think the thing that helps them too, though, is a lot of the league lost at starting quarterbacks as well. San Ramon Valley's starting quarterbacks now comes across the college. I should say they're starting quarterback from last year, Jack Quigley. Luke Baker's a really good junior. I know players have loved what they've seen from him this offseason and practices. I know Greg was there on Tuesday to watch him, but he's a Santa Clara baseball commit too. Great two sport athlete. I don't know. He's a junior that's going to make some noise. Clayton Valley's got a junior that's got a D1 off from Campbell. Mason love it. And the kid ahead of him, or next to him, I should say, is a senior, Christian Aguilar, who won an NCS title with Pitt. I think the juniors just fine as long I'm, as long as they got the talent and experience and the players rally around him. Why can't you do well? Nate Bell was always really good at Liberty, sophomore, junior year. Why can't some of these other kids have that around them too? But especially with the coaching staffs they've got, I think they should be in great positions to succeed in year one as starters. So speaking of Pitt, what is the outlook that we have on Pitt this coming season? They went nine and three in 2021. They won their league and they also won NCS and they were NorCal division one, a runners up. 
Do you think that Pittsburgh has it in them to do with that again? Or do you think that they're a school that we might look at and say, well, they might not be great again, but we, you know, they're, I think they're a tough school though, because look, they have guys who are going to be graduating in 2023, but they have a big senior class. So I do think that Pittsburgh has one more season to really be like what they were, but I think this is their last year really going to be a top team just because once they lose all those guys and they have a whole new crop of guys coming in, like you talk about Kai Taylor and Zachary Card, both of them are graduating after this, after 2023. So, or 2022, I should say. So what do you do to replace a guy like that? Or two guys like that, that are both really fast and really good at what they do. You're losing speed. You're losing athleticism. You're losing size. Like what do you do to replace that once you lose just two top players from your squad? That's the thing about high school football is in high school athletics in general, it's so cyclical, right? It's it's not always easy to replace every class, but of course, Victor Galley's always done that at Pittsburgh. He's always won and got pit to the top of that league and gotten them to compete for NCS. This year's team, though, is they're loaded, right? You got the Miami committed quarterback in Jane Rashad of the reigning league MVP. You've got the four star receiver, Rasheed Williams, going to Washington. You've got Zach Card, another receiver, going to Oregon State. You've got Keenan Higgins as a D1 receiver with multiple offers. Kai Taylor is a great two-way player committed to Nevada as a defensive back. Mm-hmm. Jaden Hudson's a sophomore with plenty of D1 and Power 5 offers. I know Georgia's on that list of offers. Robin Bullard's a great 2023 defensive back. He's got an offer from Southern Oregon. And they've got a couple of sophomores getting some offers as well. Yeah, so they got some, yeah, they got some guys on their team. And I know that they've got a sophomore quarterback, Marley Alcantara, that they're really excited about after Jaden Rashada. He looks good on seven on seven with deliberate training. So those should be if you're still bright, it's hard to replicate a senior. I don't know if there's any school that could replicate a senior class that Pitt's got this year. I don't oh, yeah. No, I'd say as long as you have a shot at quarterback, you are golden. Like, that kid is arguably – I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say it because, you know, there's going to be a lot of issues probably saying this, but Archie Ma- Manning, as good as he is, I think Rashad is a little bit better of a player. I'm going to say it. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. As much as I love Arch, I know he's like, I know he's not a California player, but he's overall like what he, you know, what he is and who he is and all that. I get that. But Rashada's got the, like, I really think I, I, I love Arch. I really do. But I really think Rashada is just, he's got that it factor. You know, he's really got, you know, he's the kind of player I look at and I say, look, if he's our quarterback, we are going to go far. Like it doesn't matter what team he's on or who they play. As long as you have him under under center, you are set because he's athletic. He's got a good arm. He's just really good at leading. I think overall, he's he's what makes that that team what they are. I think he's the kind of player that players are following. He comes along, and then everyone else comes along, kind of thing, you know. So I think as long as Rashada plays the way he's been, Pittsburgh is going to be a good school. Now, like you said, they're actually in a situation where they do have a quarterback up and coming as well. So so I think that's huge. But like I said, I think Rashada is that guy. He is the guy on that. He is that guy on any for any school. If he, if he played on any school, he'd be that guy. So I think they're going to be in good shape with him at quarterback. I really do. Yeah, there's many there's many reasons why he's going to Miami. And the thing oh, about yeah. him, he's pretty damn high goal. He doesn't really love attention to himself. That's what makes him good too. Like I love guys like that. I love that. Four or five star. I know everybody loves him, and how do you not? He's not really 
He doesn't even really like to talk about himself. It's kind of funny the way he is with anybody. He's not really like, oh my God, I'm Jane Rashad, I'm this, I'm that. He's not like that. But Rasheed Williams and all of his teammates are the same way. Rasheed's like that. Zach Carr's like that. Kai Taylor's like that. That's another thing too, that chemistry. A lot of these kids grew up together. So it's yeah. that chemistry is going to be big there at Pitt. So, and there's no reason why Pitt shouldn't at least make an FCS championship game again. I think they could definitely do that. I honestly, because I could see them making a state run as well. Honestly, I really could. They have that team and they and their guys are a year older, a year more experienced on VAR. So I really think, call me crazy, but I think Pitt is a team who I could see making a real state run this year. And I'm yeah, talking like winning yeah. it all. I'm talking like like being a state champion type run, not like a run. I talk like I think they're going to be really good just based on who they have. So yeah, don't, don't forget last year, Jaden Rashada was hurt at the end of the year too. That De La Salle game, he was hobbled up there. Yeah. Despite the Brady was hurt the next couple of weeks as well. So that's, I know Jaden wants to win. They got something to prove that they want to get it to really that top and the top of California. And there's no reason why they can't get there, especially with. Yeah, they want to, they want to take over that top Clayton Valley De La Salle spot is what they want. <laughs> like every school wants. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, another school that really kind of drew my attention a little bit. Let's look at San Marin. They were 14 and one last season. That's that's something else, man. Like it's very hard, especially this day and age to go almost undefeated in, in, in a high school, in a high school long year where you have all these games and practices and all that. You go 14 and one. What do you make of this team? Are they a four? Are they another 14 and one team was that like a one-time thing like what do you think of this San Marin squad of 2022 oh there's still a team that's going to win big their JV team last year was three points away from going undefeated they crushed everybody else this close to beating Marin Catholic varsity was too yes their starter did move to Marin Catholic for a senior year but Dominic and Gracia his older brother was Michael who won a state title at MC last year now at UC Davis I don't know, Dominic Ingersoll, I know there was talk, why wasn't he a top 15 quarterback preseason? He just hasn't really taken a varsity snap yet. Hard to put a guy in there on paper, at least wise, practically. But I honestly, by the end of the year, if this kid's not a top 15 quarterback in the Bay Area, I would be absolutely shocked. His arm is as strong as his brother's. He's that special. He can extend plays. He's tough. He's a leader. He's just got that quarterback cool about him that I think is going to take San Marino a long way again. And, yeah, losing a running back like Justin Gwynn is not yeah, easy. I was, I was going to say. You don't, you don't just replace a guy that runs for over 2,300 yards and 36 touchdowns like that. But they've got great players coming up. Frankie Quinchy is going to be a great receiver. I would not be surprised if Dominic and Garcia gets 1,000 yards this year. I would say they're more of a mortal team now, though, only because if you look at the running back that they had in his 36 TDs he had, you take that away – and as good of a team as you still have, you don't really have like that X factor. I mean, I wouldn't say I shouldn't say you shouldn't because, you know, obviously we haven't seen them play yet this year. But I like taking away a running back who put who provided that much of a spark on your offense. Right. And him g going away and graduating. Right. Now you kind of have your situation where who's the main offensive guy now? You see the leading receiver only had seven hundred fifty eight yards right so who is like the who's that new guy on samarin that that you're that you are seeing and you're like wow this guy is going to be their new x factor in in this coming season like is it 
safe to say that's going to be in Garcia again, or, or is there going to, is he going to get a bigger role? You know, like what's, is it going to be Quincy again? You know, who's it going to be? Yeah. I, I think Dominic and Garcia, he's going to compete for all league honors this year easily. Like I said, yeah, I, I can see that. If he's, not a, if he's not a top 15 quarterback by the end of this year in the Bay area, um, I would honestly be quite shocked. And Frankie Quincy is going to be great. I think like I think, I think I said a minute ago, he'll be a thousand yard receiver, but Matt Gooden's a really good receiver coming up. Done a lot of great things on the JV, the camp circuit, all that. He's a name I'm really looking for. And Frankie Patuya, a lineman, he's a big dude. I interviewed him last year, saw him and all that. He was a big dude. He's even bigger and better this year. So I think up front, they'll still be good to run the ball. Do they beat Marin Catholic? That's South Marin Catholic's got Charles Williams. That running back with multiple knee on offers, that dude is unbelievably fast. Great playmaker. But the Marin Catholic and San Marin are, I would still say, the class of the MCAL until proven otherwise. And it, and I didn't expect San Marin to win the state title last year. I knew they'd be good, but then they go off and go 14-1, and one, come within a score of beating Marin Catholic and win state. So I, I, I don't see why there isn't a reason why San Marin makes another deep run. Do you think they're they're going to be a running team though again, or do you think they're going to become more of a passing team? Because I think the real way to tell if Ingrassi is going to be like the it guy is if they can really do a transition for from being a predominantly running school to being a passing attack school. Because now that you, you that you don't have that running back anymore, like or that you don't really have like a full on established running back, you have to trans you have to essentially shift focus to being a passing team only essentially or i shouldn't say only but mostly a passing team do you think that, that that they have a chance to be as good if they become more of a passing team or do you think it becomes more of like a situation where they're going to be struggling because they don't have that that relies on a strong running attack i think they have an ability to be just as good because you've got that passing attack that's really yeah. good and when you've got a good offensive line that makes the running game run that much smoother and you love protection for the quarterback. Yeah. You're not going to like, Hey, you're going to be worried about Ingersia's arm. And I see why you would be. That'll open up more opportunities for the run game. And this coaching staff of Corey Boyd and Dominic, the mayor has always shown the ability to adapt, run the ball, throw the ball. You should see the numbers coming up through that program and youth football at San Marin there in Nevada. It's getting crazy. How many kids want to play football and want to go to San Marin and their freshman class this year, they only lost one kid to a private school to this that's upcoming. pretty good you know you don't really see that a lot nowadays a lot a lot of the time in freshman teams right you get a lot of guys that either stop playing or they you know whatever it's really rare nowadays to see a freshman team only lose one guy or like less than i'd say yeah. 10 guys because it's very common to see after a season you see a lot of kids not want to play jv and it's just like you know that says a lot about the school if they're able to retain most of their players after a freshman season so that's good Speaking of coaches, though, you got me on that on that train now. Let's talk about uh, Riordan. They have Vadir Ravipati. I interviewed him. He's a great guy, great coach. He won a state title at Menlo, and then he went to coaching college at a JC for a couple for a little. And then he came to that school. What outlook is Riordan gonna have with it? with a new coach who won a state championship, would you say, do you think that they're going to have as good of a year? Like, what do you think is going to be, especially that they have a freshman quarterback coming in? Do you think that they're going to have a good season? Are they going to struggle? Like, how does that work 
for you in your mind that they're, you know, w- with a freshman at quarterback? Because remember, that's not something that happens a lot, having oh, a true freshman play quarterback in high school. That's rare nowadays. So oh, he's good, too. He's and that Mike Mitchell Jr. already is a leader. And you've got Toby Weidemuller. He moved over from St. Ignatius. He's a junior. So they got a couple of quarterbacks. Toby just can't play the first few games since he moved over from St. Ignatius, but he's good. Mike Mitchell's good. I know I'm very practical with a lot of things I like to see on paper and stuff and be practical and realistic. But Reardon, I know you could say this isn't a football school. Now they are. They've got over 160 kids in that program. And our football rankings next week, like the official preseason rankings, don't be shocked if Reardon's a top 20 team preseason in the whole Bay Area. I can see that. They've got, they've got a great line. Daniel Keaty, Lucifini, Tupo. He's got a San Jose State offer. Daniel Keaty's going to be a national recruit in that 2025 class. Tupo, you've got a great line. You've got great receivers. Wells, you've got Javis Redding's a really good two-way guy. I know I'm not naming everybody. Their defensive line, Isaiah Chala's got multiple new one offers, a great edge rusher, great player defensive end. There's no reason why Reardon is not a top 20 team in the Bay Area. And they could honestly finish in the top half of the WCAL. I know that's tough when you've got Bell. I can see that. No, I can see that. They're a really well-coached team. They're a really well-coached team. But I think there's no reason why Reardon can't be a top half team. I can see that, yeah. And, you know, too, right, you think about – like, they they have a great coach. And I know that coaching doesn't – is not what necessarily goes on the field and plays the game – but you have to think about the way that players buy into a coach, right? And Ravapati is the kind of coach who has a vision in mind for a program that he used to be a part of. And it's like he played for the school, right? He did. And he's going back and, like, he wants them to win. He wants them to be a champion, even though they've been a kind of a struggling school f- for a few s- in the past. So I think that the coaching change – that people have been buying into it already is huge. And I think that the dedication that he's bringing to that team, I think is what's going to be the X factor because look, like I said, if you have a coach that truly wants to win and has a, like a vision in mind, I think it really helps out. And I think they're going to be, like you said, I really have faith in them this year and I really am high on them. They're a team. Actually, I could see them being way better than anyone thought in the sense of them making a run in the playoffs. Maybe, I wouldn't say a state run yet because that's a lot, but I'd say an NCS run, like a serious playoff run, I could see them taking, you know, and making one. Yeah, this is going to be the most improved program in the Bay Area. There's oh, no yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't you want to have your kid play for a dear Rob Apati? He succeeded at every oh, level. He's been a great college coach. I know he's had D1 opportunities, so many different things. Oh, yeah, he's had I don't know. I don't have kids, but I don't know why I wouldn't want to send my kid or my son to play football for him. I, oh I, yeah, no, that he's one of those coaches. I'm not, like, if I'm not considering that in my head, I'm questioning myself and my ability. Right oh there. yeah, no. It's see an, an, another thing too. I think with any coach, it says a lot about a coach when he has the opportunity to coach at a higher level, like a college team, and he says, "No, I want to stay where I'm at. I have vision. It's not done. It just shows how dedicated he is to the kids and to the program." And it shows how how much he how much that school m- means, right? Like he has guys buying in already, and they haven't really started the season yet. So that just proves how much how much of a coaching how much coaching m- matters. And I think that they're going to be a good team in this school. Now, another team that I think is interesting. 
let's get more into this team. Let's talk about Amador Valley. They had a, uh, let's say they didn't have the best season last year. They went four and seven. They didn't make it so, so super far in the in NCS. But I like their outlook, right? They have a bit of a better team that I think than last year. They have a new quarterback. I mean, what do you think of this team? Like, do you think this team is going to be, you know, a four and seven team again? Or do you think that they're going to be more of like a seven and four type team? Like, how do you think? I don't know, man. It's it's tough. This team's a tough outlook, I think. You know, and that league in the EBL mounts when you've got Clayton Valley, you've got Monta Vista, SRV, Cal, Amador Valley now moving over. It, it I think there's going to be multiple spots where teams are tied for first, tied for last, whatever, because you're going to beat each other up. And Amador, sure, last year that record wasn't good. They just weren't ready at that point. Either. They, they had good numbers, good talent, but they just weren't ready. They weren't ready for the physicality up front. Players have even mm-hmm. said that. Now I do believe they are ready, especially when you've got a great tight end like James Rothstein. He's six foot five. He's got all these D1 offers. Brady Nasser is a great tight end and defensive end. He's committed to Colorado as a defensive end. Miles Tucker's a great yep. athlete. I think yep. He's a guy that's going to get some offers. Ryan Cannon's a quarterback they're excited about. And last year, too, they had their quarterback, EJ Thompson, was really good, but he was not a natural quarterback. Injuries, a lot of other things. You throw him in there after a short off season to be quarterback, and he probably made the best that situation. I liked watching him play dual threat, read option with him was see, deadly. Now you've got Ryan Cannon, the full off season. What did I mention about Mateo Collington and Bonavista? Full off season to take over the reins does wonders. I know Ryan Cannon's nickname in Amador from some of his coaches, yep. Mr. Poise. He's poised, he's confident, he's talented. Amador is going to shock some people. They are. I think they will. I'm really high on Tucker, too, though, like you said. I really think – I was actually going to say, say, like, he's a two-way player, right? He's a really good two-way. He never comes off the field. Yes, you know, he's a junior. It's a growing pain, right, as a junior making the, the switch from JV bar. But I really think as a senior he's going to have a great year. I really do. I think that he's going to be in a situation where he's going to succeed – I think he's going to really put himself into a spot where he's going to make himself, you know, a focal point on that team. And I think that, you know, maybe they're not going to make a serious run at at NCS yet, but I don't see them going like a four and seven. I see them more maybe going, I don't know, seven and four, maybe something like that. But we'll see. I mean, it's a tough year, but. They're a good team, so we'll see what happens with them. I think overall, in terms of barrier schools as a whole, they're not that bad. You know, it's just tough competition out there in California. So, yep. And here's one thing I remember saying last when I went to Amador's practice. I'll be there probably next week, still working on what day I can get there. One of the best practices I think I've ever attended under Danny Jones. It was just very well organized. Yep, everything was just smooth, well organized. The record might not indicate it. A lot of factors that went into it. And that side of the league is wide open this year. And there's there's good reason to believe Amador is going to make some noise. And why can't they play some games on that side of the league? And, and why can't they? Screw it. Now, the last team I want to talk about before we get to, to the end of our show on our last segment, I want to talk about Bellarmine. I know we got into them last week a bit, but I want to dissect this school a little bit because they are a private school, which, you know, I know a lot of the times nowadays that usually means advantage because you can, you know, pick your guys, recruit them more. But they were eight and four last season. And they, you know, 
they were good, but I I don't know, man. I think that Bellerman could have had I mean, I think that they could have had a better season, maybe. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that Bellerman could have had a better season, or do you think eight and four was a right about where they that they were gonna sit? I think that was about right, just considering playoff matchups and everything that unfolded. It was year or two with that coaching staff before they took over. It was surprisingly down years at Bellarmine, right? Because growing up for all of us, Bellarmine was a school you always talked about and thought about as a football power. They weren't that for a few years. They're back to being a powerhouse. They went to the semis. They won some big games. They beat men in the Wathleton that had multiple D1 commits on that team. Bellarmine's a team that should contend for a league title this year. I love their quarterbacks. Nate Escalada is a good one. Parker Threet's a great one in the junior class. Nate Escalada is a great player on defense. He'll probably play safety at the next level. Three picks last year. The running back, nearly a 1,000-yard rusher, all Bay Area type That's of top good. offer. They've got great linemen. Their line is a lot bigger this year, which will help you win games in the West Catholic yeah. Athletic League where you've got that St. Francis and Sarah's. Sacred Cathedral's reared and it's now where they're big up front. Bellerman is now big up front. Bellerman, yeah, they got some size, and that's the thing about them. I think it's going to help them go take them a long way as their size. I think if you, especially in high school, if you have size on the lines, I know a lot of schools don't have like true lineman size. If you think about it, they're like maybe 222, the 30 in high school, but Bellerman's got some size. And I think, especially at this level, if you have size, you're good. Like you're not going to really see a lot of high school guys that are like 300 pounds, right? So I think if you got size, it takes you a long way at this level, especially. So we'll see. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm excited for Bellerman. This yeah, me too. Well, our last segment on the show, I thought we would do something fun. Let's talk about the top college teams, the top 10 that we have. And let's think about how they're going to do in their outlook on this. On the, so let's start out with Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Baylor. Those are the top five that we have. Which of those teams do you think is going to have the best time? Now, Alabama, I know, is a school that we're always going to say. So let's take them out because they're obviously going to be good because they have Bryce Young and Saban and all that. Between Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Baylor, which team do you think has the best chance of making it to the end? Georgia. The way they've recruited the talent they've got coming up, the depth, the coaching staff. Yeah, and their defense, the too. Spot, the quarterback spot. I know people wanted to run sets and bed and out of town, but – you know, it, you know, it, even when you national championship. Well, here's the thing, right? That proves, yeah. that team proves that defense truly is a championship thing, right? Because they had Stetson at quarterback. They had JT Daniels. They, they didn't really have a quarterback. But their defense was so loaded and insane that they were able to make the run that they did. So I think Georgia, in my opinion, is my favorite team to watch because they are the epitome or the definition of a team that proves that defense wins championships because every time they've made it to the end, they've always been predominantly defensive team when they had Gurley, Yes, they were more of an offensive team, but in the last few seasons, they've been a predominantly defensive team. And I think that especially in college defense is huge. And I mean, defense is big because that's what a lot, they mean teams play fast in college. So you have the defense that's just really, you know, carrying you all the way, I think. And you see how big and fast their guys are in defense. There's not a defense as talented. There's when they had Jordan Davis on their team, like he was just – he was a tank for them. Like, you know, he was their big defensive tackle that would just literally fill up that entire, like, defensive front. Like, yep. he's a big boy. But I got them, Bama, 
And then honestly, I know that they're, they're not on our on our thing, but USC to me is a team to watch. They got Lincoln Riley at coach. They got a quarterback who's like really good now. And you know, I'm not saying last year they didn't, but they got Caleb at quarterback now. I think it's going to be USC. I think is going to be by the end of the season they're going to be a top ten team in college football. That's my I'm still thinking they're a year away. I like the talent they've got at skill positions. Jordan Addison moving over from Pitts and Neal too, but I think line play though is still place they need to work on and once they get a good line then that's when usc football will be the usc football we've all known oh yeah once they become once they get to the big 10 i think they're going to be good once they get there but well that's all we got on today's show thank you guys for watching and have a great rest of your day and stay classy everybody